Thanks for caring about people. All right, we are live with the Union of the Unwanted. Ricky, take it away. Yeah, so uh, so what we're attempting to do here, and I'm sure you guys, if anybody listening has heard some of these shows, uh, initially we started doing them about tech and censorship, get everybody from the community together or a bunch of people from the community together. And the goal was to kind of brainstorm, uh, let's figure out what issues everybody's having. And uh, there's Pat Militich, the legend. And... Uh, and so, Pat, I'm just we're, we're live. If you're wondering, so if uh, just in case, you know. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, stop and talking then, uh, shit about him, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Pat would be the last person on this call anybody would talk shit about. <laughs> but uh, so I was just giving everybody kind of the round, rundown of the idea of what we're attempting to do. I remember uh, telling Sam recently what I kind of was thinking of was doing these roundtable discussions because it started off with the the shows on censorship and all that stuff. And then we're like, hey, let's continue doing this, but let's have more casual type of hangout shows, get people from the community together. I mean, you're bringing together, obviously, everybody's different research are doing, different interviews are doing, all their different perspectives. And, and, uh, and we could talk about everything and anything and kind of just have fun doing it. And it also helps everybody kind of connect with people that maybe they, they're not aware of. I know since our last show, some people connected and did swap casts and, and whatnot. Uh, but similar to like, uh, I, mean, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the comedy store it, you know that uh, Sam hangs out at. But one of the be- beautiful things about it is that you can just go there any random day and you have just awesome lineups and people just show up and, and whatnot. So that's kind of what I was thinking we could do with like alternative media. You know, we throw the invite out to a bunch of people and every we're thinking of doing it if, if we can consistently do it every other Monday and you guys can join us any, uh, any, you know, any show, any night that we're doing a show, show up anytime you want for as long as you want, hang out, see who's hanging out connect with people that maybe, you know, you, you've never connected with and just be a fun way of kind of sharing uh, research, sharing information or just bullshitting, whatever it may be, but just kind of bringing the community together. And uh, like we've been talking a, a lot lately it is it's important for the community to stick together because obviously there is a war on our information and our media and our podcasts and all that stuff. So I think coming together is awesome. And, and one thing I think you guys have all learned, and I've also learned throughout the years of doing this, is how cool everybody is in the community. Like, it's not competitive at all. Like, everybody's always open to helping each other out and and all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, so that's basically the, the idea. Awesome. Anyone... No, so, I who's, all, who's, who's all on now? Okay, can you see everybody, Pat? Uh, no, I cannot. Oh, Hi, Pat. okay. Oh, there you go. Okay, how you doing, guys? Good. We got we got uh, Gramerica here. My name's Mike from OBDM. We got Ricky from Ripple Effect, Charlie from Macroaggressions, Ben from Edge of Wonder, and uh, your buddy Jeffrey. And we also have uh, Grand Dunlap as well. And Sam Triple E will be joining us here whenever he damn well feels like it. Well, isn't is, is that Graham? Is that from the to, because they're going live, right? Is that that's right? Is? That's right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because uh, unless there's two Graham Dunlaps, uh, Darren, <laughs> Darren promised me that wouldn't be up there, but somehow <laughs> he's, he's already thrown me under the bus. Oh, and let's just forget Jason Burmis in the corner over here. Oh yeah, right? I'm sorry, Jason. Yeah, that's because yeah, he has the crazy screen, so it's uh. <laughs> 
but uh, but thanks, guys. So we, we figured, you know, let's if there's anything on anybody's mind we want to talk about, you know, I mean, one thing we've talked a lot about is censorship. I don't, I mean, uh, I don't know if you guys have anything you want to add on that because I know some of the guys are new; they weren't uh, on the last call. If there's anything you, I know, there's some newer stories too because Mike was talking about what was a Mister Destructive or Doctor uh, Doctor Disrespect being banned off of Twitch for no given reason. But also recently, uh, 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 Stefan Molyneux totally deleted off of uh, YouTube. Uh, and, uh, you know, Gavin McGinnis and George Webb, some pretty prominent YouTubers. Just for no reason. Channel deleted. That's it. Yeah. And what, what we're what we're actually doing, and Mike's doing all the work, uh, is he, we're actually attempting to put together a 24-7 D-Live, like, alt-media channel where it's just constantly streaming you can kind of tune into it anytime you want. It's constantly streaming alternative media. Uh, Mike's also working on uh, possibly d finding a way of creating an app or, or whatnot. Mike, do you want to get in on that? Some of these guys who uh, aren't familiar with what we're doing? Yeah, just a, a brief rundown. So I'm writing some scripts that uh, lives on a server that will go out to, right now, uh, Sam's website, Broken Simulation. We'll take all the content from there, download it, and then streams it to a D Live channel. And so it's kind of like our own little TV station. You tune in, you'll probably see content you never, never otherwise would have seen. And then once that's done, I'm probably about a week away from com completing that automation. Um, then I will be downloading people's content who chooses and backing that up to the interplanetary file system so it lives forever on another network. Um, and then uh, creating an application that will be specifically for our type of content, whether it's a paranormal, spirituality, UFO conspiracy. It'll basically be an app for us to be recommended other types of content that we generate because on YouTube, the algorithm doesn't really work in our favor too much anymore, at least not for uh, longer form content. So it's basically a recommendation app for other type of uh, weird alt-media kind of uh, program. So that's a long-term goal. Hopefully have something uh, up and running probably in about three or four months yeah because I, one of the oh is it sorry. just me or is somebody I, I'm, I don't know if i'm hearing feedback from somewhere yeah uh, i am too if, if somebody doesn't mind i guess when uh when you're waiting i maybe mute your your uh your microphone so we don't hear all the feedback from everybody there we go whoever it was the culprit is gone there we go <laughs> uh but yeah i mean i think that algorithm thing is super important because the, the thing is, like, you know, when we all got into doing alternative media before that, obviously, we were all researchers, right? Independent researchers are going down rabbit holes. You find one documentary, you find another documentary, you find one researcher, another researcher. So, you know, w w James was actually a uh, Corbett might still be on this show. I don't know if he's going to make it or not. But he, he brought up, you know, it, it, the cool thing about the Web is everybody kind of gets their own corner. Everybody gets to do their own thing. But there is a problem with finding that stuff right like nobody wants to go to i shouldn't say nobody but a lot of us who are lazy don't want to have to go to james corbett's website then go to this person's website then go to and, and if you like 10 different researchers go to each individual url and all that stuff i mean the nice thing about youtube initially was you could watch a video they'd, be, they'd suggest something similar to it you go down that rabbit hole or whatnot so we kind of need that to help expose people to to new researchers and new documentaries and new podcasters so that's why what mike was referring to some algorithm that could do that would be great you know that would really be a step in the right direction and i should have finished my statement with a question <laughs> <laughs> but uh but but is there anything you guys want to talk about i know honestly i 
the I know we all kind of have different perspectives on stuff. One conversation I've been having a lot with people recently is this whole race thing, cop thing. Uh, you know, everybody has a different opinion on it. How much did, does anybody want to jump in on like what their uh, opinions are on what's going on in America right now? How crazy things are? And can maybe- I can I start that off being the token black guy? Uh, you know, it's funny, Jeff. I was gonna call on you first and pretend it wasn't because you were the token black guy. That's all right. That's quite all right. No, I mean, it's it's honestly more of something. I mean, obviously, you know, of course, there's a lot of craziness going on in the country, whether it's racial, political, social, all of this on top of COVID, where's your mask, all of this, et cetera. Um, you know, like we say all the time on the show, man, reality is completely being inverted here in St. Louis. And it went fucking national. You know what I mean? This guy over in the central West End was a very affluent part of St. Louis. Him and his wife, there were people who broke, it's a gated community. So they opened the gate, reached the gate, and they got to, you know, they were outside eating dinner. And these guys see these, you know, hundreds of people come walk down the street and they bring out their guns. Clearly not the most trained guys in the world because the husband was, you know, aiming his air and kind of at his wife holding it inside. But the point is, the media is demonizing these people for trying to protect themselves. These Black Lives Matter, these organizations, which we can get into how deep this goes, who's funding it, where the funding is going, et cetera. They have said, we are going to the suburbs and we're going to take what's ours. We've seen what they've damaged and what they've done all throughout the country in their own land of chop or clap or whatever the fuck it is. People were being raped and people were being shot. So clearly, you know, not all of these things are completely nonviolent and they've made their intentions clear. So when this family goes out and decides to protect themselves and the media and everybody demonizes them, that's, I think that's very troubling. You know, we could also get into some of these cop, cop situations, obviously not some of the more recent ones, but, you know, some people are being fired for doing their job and you're seeing mass walk-offs. And um, for me, the crux of the moral of the story, I guess, it's really upsetting that, that, that human beings, Americans, are being demonized for protecting themselves against an organization which we all know, they, they say who they are. The heads of BLM say we're trained Marxists. And the government's even said these guys are domestic terrorists. So it's we're on a slippery slope, man. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. But the fact that people protecting their homes against clear threats that they've made are being demonized and something's wrong. Like they're, they're the wrong ones. You know what I mean? NPR uh, last week when the girl, when they attacked the girl in her car and she wound up running down one of the pro one of the whatever you fucking want to call them. The news and NPR was like, you know, right wing militias or right wing individuals are targeting protests. Just completely misrepresenting the facts, just making shit up. Like here in St. Louis, they were saying white supremacists, and the KKK were at Forest fucking Park. I know people who were there. There was no representation of either of those groups. But they're just pumping this race thing. And I not to, you know, whatever. We've been saying for a long time on the show, they are going to fire on every single cylinder to divide us leading up to the 2020 election. And then all of this happened. But like I said, put COVID on top of it, the whole where's your mask, all that other bullshit. Get away from me. You're not six feet. The divide and conquer, unfortunately, man, and we've seen it. It's so stressful to watch. It's, it's working. And we still have three or four months until the election. But isn't the problem that like the, these conversations aren't simple, right? Because it's not like, is there, uh, obviously there's, there is racism in the system. I mean, there's great documentaries like Mafia 21 and, and, you know, you talk about the history of eugenics and all that stuff. I mean, there is issues. There's also issues with police psychologically, not many of them not being able to handle the extra power or being in those 
stressful situations and to think right on a dime like that. So, you know, the thing about a lot of these topics, they make it black or white. And I don't I'm, I don't even mean skin color. I mean, in regards to just either pick this team or that team. But every situation is slightly different. Even the George Floyd thing, like they knew each other. So, you know, and they didn't like each other. So it's not that I'm not saying it couldn't be motivated by race. Maybe he was a race, uh, you know, but it, it, it also but it, there's a slight chance it also could be that it was more of a personal thing that he didn't like the guy regardless of his race. So, I mean, my, well, and my I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but oh, when Sam do. comes on, he'll tell you Bishop Gators was on Sam's show. Once again, we had him on the guy's mind blowing. I, some of some of what he's talking about, I do believe he's pulling a little gnat shit out of pepper. But he was saying <laughs> that the, the $20 bill that George Floyd produced had a serial number which matched a seizure of fake money that had come in from China. And supposedly this nightclub that, and I don't know if all this is true, but this just thickens the plot that this nightclub that they worked at, that's where they were trafficking illegal immigrants and fake money. And I mean, so, so there's clearly, and even the whole city of supposedly Minneapolis, the police department, a lot of them, the upper echelon apparently of the police department knew about this operation or these operations. And um, I don't know if George Floyd was going to snitch or whatever it is, but no, you're absolutely right. People don't get into the fact like, well, they knew each other, they worked together. And then, you know, the deal with the $20 bill, people need to dig more deep on that. Well, and I, I'm sorry, well, almost a side note, but do you guys know how much that GoFundMe has for George Floyd's family? A lot. It's almost like $20 million. Wow. It's $20 yeah, plus it's million. Dollars. It's a lot of money. And, well, you know, guys, go, well, real quick. Oh, well, I was just going to real quick. I was just going to say and that the, where they worked was burned down. So yes. that was one of the places yes. that got burned down in the riots. So it's like you can't even if that was happening, and the you priest, can't really go there and check. And the priest the evidence was yeah yes. well, let's, let me just jump in on this really quick because i did a lot of uh research into it i couldn't find anything to corroborate the you know trafficking the fake money stuff but what's hidden away in all of these articles and even that interview with the man that identified george floyd as working there as not liking Derek chauvin for how he had because he was 17 years there as the in-house cop of not liking how he treated people and then recanting the next day and saying it was another black guy. Yes, yes. What's, what's hidden in that story is they contacted George Floyd's family and it says that they think it may have been personal. Now, what do you do if you're George Floyd's family? You keep your mouth shut just because of that GoFundMe. You know, yeah, if the press comes in and asks you, but you don't scream and shout, hey, they didn't like each other because you don't want to break the narrative that's now suddenly made you wealthy. So they're yes. in a spot. You look at Eric Garner's family. Okay, they came out day one and said, we don't think this is racism. This is police brutality. We're not going along with Al Sharpton. He contacted us. We don't want anything to do with him. And you notice how that was kind of put to bed and they never really went to his family after that. Two of his family members died after that, including his daughter, by the way. In short order, I'm not saying they were taken out, but they, you know, they never focused on the fact it's a police brutality issue. So now let's take the fund the police, right? They were planning on doing it anyway. Cuomo in my state was already talking about two months ago, 20% cuts in what? Health, law enforcement, and education. It was already there. And now they have this convenient excuse to do so. Meanwhile, any place you don't have police or law enforcement, you end up with what you have in the chop, which is a 16-year-old kid dead and a 14-year-old kid clinging on to life because somebody drove through with machine guns and decided to start shooting the place up. There has never been a society that has worked 
without at least some level of government and some level of law enforcement. If we really want to talk about police reform, we demilitarize them. We find a way to actually rein them in in a justice system, not an injustice system of cronyism. And that's where we begin. We don't take human beings out of the equation, which eventually I think is what we're talking about. Do we want spot the DARPA Boston Dynamics robot rolling up to us like in Singapore in our parks to stay three feet away with an attachment that uses less lethal force against us? And that's where we're headed in. Okay. That's where we're at. I just posted a video of a little R2-D2 looking robot rolling through a park in uh, California that's doing that very thing. 360 panoramic view, you know, just can do all of that stuff. Real-time facial recognition. It's already here. And these are just the first steps in what will become an automation nation where humans are further taken out of the equation and people are put on a UBI. Why else would they put a system into place where people who were working 40 hours a week at a department store and making maybe five, $600 before taxes that they're now taking home 800 to a thousand dollars because they're not going to want to go back to work and it's justified. I get it. At the same time, what are you doing? You're making it impossible for the cash middle and upper middle class to make any money. Bars, restaurants, personal gyms, Small businesses that empower communities are the ones that are taking the hardest hit property owners. And if you think that this is going to get better in the next couple months, they got people signing social compacts in my state right now to maybe go back to college. And those compacts include mandatory vaccinations. They're calling for it in the New York State Bar Association. Everybody's ignoring it. And in the New York State Bar Association actually called for it nationwide not just New York. It actually, I, I mean, I just read it on air on my previous program with John Fitch, where they take, they say the constitution is problematic and it's failed us in this regard. All right. They're going against the constitution and they've already made those university of Tennessee kids sign up, guarantee they're going to take a flu vaccine, which goes against all logic. Cause guess what? COVID-1984 ain't the fucking flu, but you're going to take that. And then you're going to take an unproven vaccine after the fact. And we're going to protect ourselves from any kind of liability as you sign your soul away. Welcome to fucking America 2020. Does, yeah, well, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Does Ben, uh, do you touch on any of these topics? I know you guys do the headlines over there at uh, Edge of Wonder. You, 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 you'll touch on these uh, every now and again. What is your opinion on everything that's been said thus far? Yeah, we, we just did a massive uh, episode on really the background of Antifa and the whole history about it and what's going on. You know, I used to work for the Epoch Times newspaper, and while I was working for them, I actually went to Eric Gardner's home. to inter We interviewed his mother, and it was a very interesting experience. Like, what you're saying is exactly true. You know, she doesn't, like she was telling us, she doesn't want people to go out and do all this violence and everything else, you know, she just wanted a change to happen. But I think, you know, the root, like going back to this couple that was in St. Louis with the guns and everything and kind of the overall take that what we get from all of this is that, you know, when I, well, like, for example, when I was in, I was in Ferguson during the height mm -hmm. of the protest, I was just in New York when they were like burning cars around me. I was filming that live actually. And, you know, all of these instances, I, I just took a step back and I realized everybody's a victim here. The police are victims. 
you know, the pro the people protesting are victims. And it's like, who is the mastermind behind this? You know, that's the crux of, of all of this. There's definitely, you know, there's, there's police that are truly trying to do good. And then there's really corrupt police that are getting money and bribes and things like that. Then you have protesters that aren't really protesters, you know, they're like hired and paid and all these different things. And of course, that's when like Soros comes in. And we know that, you know, there's a lot of evidence already that Soros has um, donated millions to Black Lives Matter, to Antifa. You follow the trail of Black Lives Matter. You go on their website, you go to the nation page, and it takes you to actblue.com. And the founder of actblue.com is a proud Marxist. So it's, and then they, they give money to the DNC. So, you know, all of these things are really, it, you know, if people could stop at looking, not, not, you know, just in general, if we could take a step back from the emotional side of things, because that's the deep state knows how to hit people on the emotional side. And you have an event that happens like this. And, you know, it just happens that this is right before the election. There's a lot of strange things involved, like we already said about their relationship and all these connections. So you start wondering, you know, looking at this from a different standpoint, who really benefits from these kinds of events? Who wants these changes? You know, if, and I, looking back at this couple, you kind of think, yeah, you know, they shouldn't have been waving their, their guns around. You know, obviously they have no training whatsoever, but at the same time, we're defunding the police. So, you know, like just in my home the other day, uh, like massive fireworks have been going on all night for weeks now. And I, and I live next to a police station. No one's doing anything about it. So when they're defunding the police, I, I don't blame the police for saying, you know what, we're not, it's like, we're not even like, no one cares. Like, why should we even answer calls anymore? And I think that when that happens, people are going to take action in their own hands and then get criticized for doing that. And it's just this vicious cycle that the media and the deep state have, have like are using to attack the American people. I mean, I think, you know, it's, I haven't heard once of like, okay, what's your demands? Like, what do you, what do you want? What's the ultimate goal of the, you know, the protesting and everything else? And I think if they had their way, we, they would want to change the name of the United States of America. And I think they would want to change the flag. And this is, when you look at communist regimes and communist countries, especially China, this is exactly what happened in history. They, they destroy the flag, the people, the most violent people rise to power and everybody else gets suppressed. And I the, think- the release, the release of prisoners, you know what I mean? Yep. It's- yeah, yep, that's, exactly. a, that's the thing I think people, I think we're so busy, not you, not us here, I think everybody in the country is so busy reacting, and they so they so have MKed Ultra, and the, the social engineers have so mastered the way to MK Ultra countries like this, they know exactly how to push these certain buttons, and we're so busy reacting to each other, watching what we say so I don't fucking sound racist, when in fact this is a cultural revolution, this is an absolute political social reset, and then we could easily get into what we were already talking about, transhumanism, AI, the internet of things the, you know the, the end of cash if you will i'm at the store today and you know we will you have a card we really not accepting cash a because of covid and supposedly everyone's short on change there's no change around apparently now 
So, I mean, this is all a part of a plan that they've been, you know, whether it's Agenda 21 or even going back to like someone alluded to the eugenic stuff, this is a well laid out plan that they've been knocking around for quite a while. And, you know, Pat, we, we talk about it all the time. We, we're just following, not us, but we're just, people are just falling for it, dude. They're just falling exactly. for it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, well, it's, the whole silent Sorry. weapons for, oh, uh, just real quick, the whole silent weapons for quiet wars, you know, this is, um, this is exactly what's like, this is the handbook of that, what's playing out, you know, get people so busy that they don't have time to research on their own, that it's like, oh, I just get my media for, or I get, you know, the news on TV and I tell you, I have to take care of my family and, oh, they tell me to wear masks. I wear a mask. Oh, they tell me that, you know, whatever it is. So, you know, it's breaking that cycle. Yeah. Well, Jeff, Jeff's talked about it a lot with the Bolshevik revolution and, and the Nazi takeover of Germany, you know, the, the getting rid of police first, um, then basically putting a badge and a gun on, on criminals and sending them out to terrorize the, the communities and the, and the citizens and, and kill political opponents and, and everything else. But it goes back, you know, the, the erosion of law enforcement goes back quite a ways. And then a lot of the, I mean, this has been going on for a long time. I've trained law enforcement for 25 years. And I watched it happening where they were lowering the hiring standard in these uh, Democratic, uh, Democrat-run cities, these these liberal-leaning cities, um, and they lowered it. They lowered hiring standards so much. I mean, you've got people getting promotions in law enforcement that can't even. I mean, they can hardly write. Um, you, you know, it's it's this was a deliberate act to to do this. So you've got people who physically aren't capable of of taking care of themselves, let alone, you know, arrest people safely. Um, there many of, many of whom, and there's a lot of good cops out there. I've seen a lot of them and met thousands upon thousands of them. Um, but yeah, there's, there's some, there's some big holes in law enforcement now because of this lowering and hiring standards. And now you've got people, you see it, you, you, we're all dealing with it now where you've got officers. Now imagine yourself, um, you know, I've, I've known how to fight for many years. I, I'm pretty good at, at what I do. Um, but even me being well-trained, uh, with a gun on my hip and a badge, uh, these days, I'm, I'm nervous as hell. So now imagine people who don't, they cut their budgets for training. So they don't have any training. Their, their training is garbage. Um, you know, they get, you know, I, I tell people or ask people this question and you guys can answer this. How many hours a year do you think the average police department gets in defensive tactics training? Less than 10 Four hours, four <laughs> hours. And that's if they're lucky. Right. But they recertify with their weapons all the time. Right. Um, so when you've got people that are not confident and don't know how to take care of themselves, they're going to go to that gun. They're going to go to that gun right away. And they're going to start shooting people because they're scared to death because they can't fight. They don't know how to take care of themselves. Period. And that's what we're seeing today. And this was done by liberals. And now the liberals are the ones bitching about it. Right. So that's, that's a major, major issue. And nobody, nobody's bringing that stuff up. Yeah. We you guys see the Minnesota councilwoman who that Minnesota council voted 12 to zero, I think to get rid of the police. And like, uh, I think the chair of the city council, whatever she's a transsexual woman, I forget her name, Andrea or Amanda, something she voted to get rid of the police and then wait for it hired her own private security. Yeah, yeah that seems to be the, the plan with the Strong Cities Network over there in some of those big cities. But we'd agree with you from a perspective from Canada. I mean, it seems like it's bigger than the states, though. It's a technocratic takeover of the world. It's all cylinders like Ricky was talking about at the beginning. I mean, this is full-blown 
full on even the data that you can use against them like you guys were talking about it's the cdc the who they've got data out there that it's it's overt lying and overt obfuscation of it you can use it against them but nobody's listening to it it's very strange to see the all the conflicting data that's available to all of us and nobody seems to care except for you know obviously people like us and there's a, there is a, obviously a growing group of people that are waking up but that's pretty mind-blowing from our perspective i mean just the masks i mean even just the data alone on the masks and the the story keeps changing from the the authorities and yet the states down there i mean you guys are you guys are have counties that are you know you got to walk out your house and put your mask on i mean i can't believe that i mean maybe that's going to happen up here but right now i feel like we're in a pocket of uh you know a bit of freedom in alberta right now but it's gonna it's gonna i feel like it's getting worse it's gonna change um, Darren was just know. mentioned the I other went day to that, lunch today and the place was packed. Yeah. Every single table Good. was packed with people, no social distancing. Like when I went out for lunch today, I see no evidence of it getting worse in Calgary. I mean, like I said, we were on a show the other day and it's like COVID has not been a part of my life for a while, other than seeing the odd person in a mask and that's, that's their business. I don't bug mm-hmm. them for it. We see, I'd say our mask wearing around town is maybe 10%. If that, it's probably less than that even. So it's and, not mandatory in Canada yeah. in every store or well, some stores like some places I'm, are the but. only place that's mandatory by the province is like massages and haircuts. I think so. Uh-huh. Like when I got my massage the other day, when I walked in on the massage table, there was a mask I had to put on. So I just put it on because I don't want the massage place to go out of business because of some state ordinance. And the ending. So yeah, I'm no. not, <laughs> you put your mask over your wiener. Are, he couldn't breathe. It's like the, you know, the, like he's getting choked out at the store. But I mean, it's it's less than ten percent. And when I in my day to day life, there's zero COVID. Like nobody's. It's other than the stupid little sheet I got to fill out at work, which I mean, nobody really wants to be doing, but it's part of the rules that you have to do it if you want to stay open. And and uh, when I talk to like people on the podcast or Graham, is the only time COVID's really been in my life for the last month or so when i'm out and about with my with my friends i was at an escape room the other day they didn't you know nobody cared there was no master they had a little the, the the one thing i would say is there's fucking hand sanitizer everywhere but in the last like <laughs> in the last month they've taken the foot off the gas of asking you to put it on like now they've just it's sitting there and they don't ask you questions anymore so like yeah for the last like month in my day-to-day life other than when I go on social media, COVID is like a non-issue. But I think there's a potential that it's going to get worse. That's what I'm worried yes. about. Well, With everything that's happening down there, we usually follow you guys a little bit. And the, and the cases in Canada are coming down. There's a really steep curve. It's coming down. There's hardly anything now. But I feel like it's just going to... It's going to get ramped up because Canada's tied is. to China. Our guys are. It's not made for that though. It's made it, to make the USA look bad, not Canada. Yeah, but we're going to follow along. We always we always seem to follow along. And then just to just to mark up, mark up on Act Blue there. I was uh, just from what I saw personally when I when I went when I was directed to that website to see what was actually really going on. After that whole thing blew up in two days, they completely revamped their website. They took out all that all that stuff about. Uh, focusing on the democratic candidates and they were basically bragging about it until that thing blew up. And then they, so if they had nothing to hide, then they wouldn't have had to to change all that. That's funny. Let me jump in on the mass really quick because you know, while it's going down in your area, I'm in New York and it's not Mm -hmm. going down at all. 
In fact, today, Cuomo held a press conference where he demanded that Donald Trump sign an executive order for the entire nation to wear masks. Oh, my God. Joe Biden is running on that. Now this is a political issue. On top of that, he threatened to close down bars and restaurants today on Wednesday, said he was going to make that decision. All right. We are in a very, very bad situation when they can tell a nation of 300 plus million people to wear a mask in public or face up to $18,000 fine. He also said he would be putting out metrics for different states that are affected by this. And if you do not quarantine yourself for 14 days after visiting these states, again, you can face a $10,000 fine. The businesses that in the last three weeks in my community are now enforcing the mask thing like they never were before. My police chief did not wear one for four months almost, and now he is wearing one. Why? Cuomo threatened to defund local governments and local police departments that were not enforcing this. This is very real in that respect. Again, they are putting it on paper. It is going to become a talking point of the left. This is not a left or right issue. The man said with a straight face today that 95% of the public in America wants masks and that it's only 5% that are pushing back against it. These are his words. He has signed more executive orders in the last two months than I think anybody in the history of being the governor of New York ever, ever. We are in trouble and we're not focusing on this. People need to realize New York has a huge influence on what goes on in the rest of the country. If they are able to lock us in our homes and have vote uh, by mail without any of the actual ways that you go through and register to vote by mail, we are fucked, man. They will put whoever they want in office, whether it's Joey B, whether it's the vice presidential candidate he chooses, or whether it's somebody like Cuomo who talks a good game and might challenge Trump in a debate. That's the scary part. It's pretty funny from the outside looking in because all that so-called freedom you Americans had fucking evaporated quickly. And I mean, six months ago, eight months ago, nine months ago, a year ago, I was like semi-planning an exodus of how I was going to maybe move down to Oregon or maybe I was looking at, actually, Texas still doesn't seem too bad. But um, I mean, six months later, my, my level of wanting to move to the States one day is at fucking zero percent. (laughs) <laughs> but it's it's hard not to get conspiratorial after hearing all that why do they want us to wear the mask so bad i mean are they really trying to to burn the immune systems down and then what's going to happen after it's, that i mean once people training, are inside dude. inside with this unhealthy everybody know not everybody but you know we've seen the studies it's unhealthy right so why I just saw, why yeah i just saw a lady post today that i know uh from my area and she's a nurse and she said that um She's seen doctors before, you know, who have to wear masks all day long in operating rooms. They just drop. They pass out from lack of oxygen. Um, So it's it's ruining people's respiratory systems. So when the second wave comes through in the fall and the winter, it wipes out a shitload of people. And they're deliberately doing it. You know, that's that's the thing. They're they're deliberately doing that. And it's that Pavlovian dog training. What do you want? You want grandma to die? No, I'm not sick. Yeah. I mean, the guy, Fauci was on 60 Minutes saying, what the fuck are you wearing a mask for? He wrote in the New England Journal of Medicine in February or March just saying what the coronavirus was. I mean, people are dying from it. But you and I, if we get it, we're going to be okay. Whatever happened to Tom Hanks, he seemed to come out of it. Idris Elba. Oh, my God. If Forrest Gump can get it, we all can get it. Like, they all came out of it okay. Even these right. NFL players and NBA players, they're going to be fucking fine. 
Well, like ninety nine point nine percent of us. Ryan from the Last American Vagabond. I don't know if you guys saw one of his uh, recent videos, but he had one of these meters where you can check the oxygen levels. That's what like OSHA uses. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, and and so for people who didn't see it, he put on well, he put this this meter next to his face, and obviously like the, it came up normal. And then OSHA uses it for just in case you're working somewhere where the oxygen oxygen levels are are uh, too low. You know, it creates obviously unsafe environment. Well, he puts on the mask and he uses the same meter, puts it up uh, underneath the mask near his mouth, and immediately the thing starts beeping, like warning you that the oxygen levels are at a, at, at obviously a unhealthy Dangerous low. Yeah. So it's uh you know it, it's one of those things where think about it, like people are walking. I mean, driving alone with these things on all the time. I mean. It's there's a reason why when you're an athlete you breathe heavy because your body wants more oxygen when you're running or exercising or whatnot. I mean, Wim, Wim Hof must be like super pissed because he's like, oh, look, I'm trying to get everybody to bring in more oxygen, and now we're restricting all oxygen. And uh, so yeah, it's it just it's one of those things where it, people aren't even thinking about this. Like they're they're just okay with you know. And that's the thing about America. I was getting a lot of people from overseas contacting me saying they're making us do this or making us but i kind of see americans being kind of rebellious they'll, they'll they'll fight back and whatever and i kind of felt like the same way that like because of it's still deep rooted in american culture of like you know fighting back against the power or whatnot i was really surprised how many people were just willing to like yo just lock myself in my house you know isolate myself for three months no problem save a life you know it's like well fuck if you never drive again you're, you'll save a couple lives but we know there's a price to being free there's a there is a price to being free like when we leave our house there's a risk that we could hurt ourselves or hurt somebody else that but that's also you know just a part of being alive so this idea when people were arguing oh just stay home stay home and just and even now people who are still brainwashed i mean and everything has become a political football where this you know this cops or black lives matter like that's all political football it's like if you're a democrat we kind of know where you stand if you're on the right we kind of know where you stand same thing with like the covid thing and it's like it's just ridiculous can we look at each situation as its own thing analyze it and then figure you know figure out where where we stand or, or you know on that specific thing but too often people are just they're falling for the you know they're a political tool you know and um it's even worse, man, because let's let's talk about it. First of all, you talked about defunding the police. Well, in my state, what have they done? They've can uh, they've created a contact tracing force that Michael Bloomberg, an unelected fucking billionaire, is in charge of. They've already hired three thousand people. Now they're the people that are going to enforce this contact. Oh, uh, Sam just burst under the scene. Yeah. Hi, I've I've arrived. Kicking the door, holding the four four. This Kicking is Kicking so the door, plays in the four four. Papa you're, don't you're hit me no more. Papa don't hit me no more. I'm a dude. What's up, Sammy? That's the contact tracing force, right? Now, on top of the contact tracing force, which are literally paid snitches that were out of work, you have the snitches you brainwashed that were locking themselves in their house the first day, making twenty five thousand calls on sixteen thousand plus establishments in New York State for not following social distancing and slave mask orders. They've trained them pretty good, man. I mean, well, have you checked your phone? Have you checked your phone? They, every, every, just about everybody's phone. I have an Android. My wife has a iPhone and you can go into settings and then I think you go to health and you Google can see, settings. yeah, Google, Google's, and then yeah. You, you, you already have the COVID tracking. Uh, Flip phones, uh, man. Flip phones. <laughs> you could, but 
it's it's hard to masturbate to porn. Samuel's on a iPhone right on your thing. <laughs> well, they say you have to activate it to make it work, but I think even the fact that it's on there. I think yeah, but exactly. But if they can download it without you knowing, they can turn yes. it on without you knowing. Well, I mean, just it's like just, your microphone and your camera. The cre- so listen to this. So I, I told Corbett on uh, my last, uh, he was just on and I was talking about this, how they had this change because for everybody grade two and up in Massachusetts, ha- they have to wear a mask, all the kids, right? Yeah. Which, you know, I told my wife, I'm like, we're homeschooling. If our kids have to wear a mask, my, my son's five, my, my daughter's three. I'm like, if they have to wear a mask, I'm like, we're homeschooling. I'm like, there's no if and buts. I'm like, we're doing it. I don't care. And uh, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to have my kids wear a mask, you know, all day at school for how many hours they're, they're there. And then there's this petition going that was like spreading like wildfire and everybody in Massachusetts was super excited that it was getting all this attention and all this, whatever. And all of a sudden the petition just disappeared. It was just, it just, it was gone. And, uh, and it just like, that's why the censorship issue is so important because you saw it like just completely turbocharged during the COVID-19 thing. I mean, it's like if you're protesting for against the cops, put it all over TV. But if you're protesting for the lockdown, it's banned on YouTube. It's like, it, it was so ridiculous and it was so obvious that they have an agenda. And like, my big thing is like no topic, no subject, n- nothing should be off, you know, uh, off uh, the table. Like all these things should be able to be discussed. I mean, you know, if, if it's race stuff, if it's cop stuff, if it's COVID-19 stuff, like, you know, it, there should be no topic and people should be able to see and, and have all these discussions. So unfortunately, so many of these things are taboo and then people get tribal and, and a lot of times it, you were censoring yourself, right? How many people were, were not posting stuff COVID related because they're scared that somebody's going to, you know, all there's going to be this storm of comments and they're like, you know what? I'm not even going to post it. And it's like, that's literally we've become the issue. Like if you're, if now you're afraid of even having open discussions and, and sharing. And not even just from the censorship standpoint, look at what they're doing socially. People were being fined tens of thousands of dollars and having to choose between making a living and staying home and following these orders, not laws. But if you want to go protest George Floyd and BMM, BLM, they encourage it. Go out there and fucking do it. Hey I, guys, I, I don't know if you guys have seen uh, in California, but the governor's literally said, uh, these counties, you could do this. This county, you could do that. You're like, what are you talking about? Why is it breaking down county-wise? And it literally comes down to who pushed back got less restricted rules than the people who just bent over and took it. L.A. County just bent over and just got cucked while, like, Huntington Beach, they're like, oh, you know, use your best judgment. And it literally goes to the fact that that power is an illusion. They don't really run us, but we allow them to run us. And it's what I've said. It's like they have the right to rule when they rule us right. But these people, they're just so brainwashed that they just think they have to follow these rules. If we, you know, it's not, what's it, namaste? It's like I see you and me and I see me and you. If people would stop fighting all over these these ridiculous groups they break us into and we'd find common among all of us, we could push back so much stronger. Well, this is not accidental. They gave the dialectic, man. They want to, I'm sorry, go ahead, John. 
This is not accidental. The, all these things in, in 2020 that seem random and disconnected, you've got a virus, you've got uh, the destruction of small business, you've got uh, bank bailouts, you've got protests and riots and class warfare and all this stuff. It seems like there's a million things happening all at once that are dis disconnected, but they're not disconnected. There is a theme here. Uh, and the theme is that this is part of the rules for radical playbook that Saul Alinsky laid out. There are eight levels of control that, you, that need to be obtained before you're able to create this social state that they talked about. Listen to these eight and tell me if it doesn't sound like we're right in the middle of it. Healthcare, control the healthcare, you control the people. Poverty, increase the poverty level as high as possible. Debt, increase the debt to an unsustainable level. Gun control, remove the ability for people to defend themselves. Welfare, take control of every aspect of their lives, food, housing, and income. Education, take control of what people read and listen to. Religion, remove the belief in God. And the last one is class warfare, divide the people into the wealthy and poor. This is We're following the playbook. They're running this scam on us. We, we think that this, these things are all accidental and that it's happening to this group or it's happening in this region of the world. It's all part of the same plan. We're just, we're just not figuring it out. We haven't pulled back far enough to see that this is orchestrated and coordinated. So when you see people getting uh, silenced on social media, that's not accidental. That's part of this whole situation. So we have to be aware that there is a coordinated effort working against us. And once we understand that, then we can start to make some changes. But, but right now, when everything seems disjointed, um, it's almost, you sort of feel like, where do you start? Well, start with an understanding that none of this is accidental. So listen, and I want to talk about just quickly the social media and the censorship because it was really taking hold with the first thing you said, health, right? When you talk about healthcare right now, um, we're actually about allowed to talk about now steroid treatment and vitamin D for COVID-1984. Why? Because authoritative sources have now put it into mainstream news sources. If you said that three or four months ago and you got over 100,000 views on YouTube, they pulled your channel. You know, if you were a doctor and you said that and you went viral on Facebook, they pulled you. That's one of the scariest aspects of this whole thing is that they isolate you. They take you away from your family and they cause a form of medical martial law where you don't get to demand the steroid treatment and you don't get to demand the vitamin D or the intravenous vitamin C. And that should be extremely alarming because that is truly a life and death situation for you and your family if put in a situation where you might have to be put on a ventilator on a disease again that was very treatable from day one and people knew it and this information is still being suppressed yeah well, and we talked about it a little earlier man and charlie you just mentioned it. i think that's something i mean i think all of us here have enough prudence of thought and kind of we understand the chess game so many other people are playing checkers but like you were just saying with Saul Alinsky, we, it, it, none of this is an accident. We just had on G. Edward Griffin, which was just like fucking mind-blowing. Because, you know, going back to his interview with Yuri Bezmenov, understanding the levels of the ideological subversion that we're going through. I mean, this, this is such a very well-thought-out plan. And I think, again, instead of us being so reactive, you know, almost understanding this is something that uh, <laughs> it's been planned out for a very long time. And it's, again, I hate to sound pessimistic, but... I keep saying on the show before this happened, they have to get rid of the old to bring in the new. And this new is, again, this technocracy, this authoritarian technocracy. Yeah, yeah you know, for me, dude. Yeah, oh, go okay, ahead. go on. Sorry. 
Oh, go ahead, Sam. I just wanted to say real quick that, um, hi, Ben, how are you? Good to see you. Um, good, good to see you, too. I just to say that uh, what we have also is a combination of um, people who feel like they have no hope with opportunists who are willing to sell them hope for money and cash and power. And that's why you have so much bad information being spread around because there's people who have really no soul who don't really care about the damage they're doing and they only want to get their money now. But for me, I think that's all going to blow up in their face and that they don't realize, you know, where they're at, this very special realm that we're in and that, you know, they're just going to have to come back and do this all over again instead of learning like the, the basically the, the laws of nature and what we're here to do. And that is to help each other and to love each other. And they're not doing it. And guess what, man? You know what? When you die, you go to zero. So all the cash and prizes. And, it, you know, I forgot who the quote was, but it basically was like if if people knew how little people talked about them when they were gone, they would stop worrying about their legacy and they wouldn't care about it. And they care more about helping each other. Eagle versus the serpent, yeah. baby. Yeah, it's it's so <laughs> true. And and you know, I'm really glad that Saul Alinsky was brought up because you know his great. I mean, his two students was Hillary and Obama. You know, and, and all of this is really, you know, you I, I, you can kind of say that Obama is kind of the unofficial leader of everything that is going on right now. But, you know, then, you know, we still haven't really brought up the real issue. And it's like everyone's talking about, you know, the Black Lives Matter is talking about the slavery issues and everything else. But that's still happening to this day in most countries. You know, all the like Nike shoes, for example, you know, it's I, was, I wrote a post the other day. I was like, I. I just we all we need is one celebrity to stand up and say, you know what? I don't want a contract from Nike anymore because they they're dealing with slave labor, you know, and and um, working out of China and all this stuff. And and then on top of that, you have the children, like the whole ben, ben, issue. Ben, ben, yeah, hold on, I'll say it for you. As a celebrity, I don't want to deal with Nike. I don't want to work with them. <laughs> they do slave labor. <laughs> I'll be the first. Oh, problem no, solved. High tops. Yeah, but- <laughs> Get out of here. I'm buying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it just takes one, like one, one, you know, but NBA star, right? But then we already know that the NBA, like, basically, completely sold out to China because of all of this stuff going on. But you know, all of this has really been a distraction from what happened with Epstein and the investigations that were going on with the Clintons and all these things and the, in the child trafficking and the child sexual abuse. We were talking about adrenochrome before, you know, we went live. I mean, all of this stuff is connected. People are waking up. They're starting to realize it. They're, they're going on like Ellen degenerates or degenerate degenerates. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I could just say that Ellen degenerates, you know, page um, posting all these different things of these celebrities. You have, you have Lady Gaga who just released her her like Chromatica, you know, also Adreno, and then you have Chrome, you have Google that has the Adreno um, software called Adreno, then their web browser Chrome. Chrome. You know, all of these things are connected and people are starting to unravel all of this. And I think the deep state are afraid and it's like, okay, we need a distraction. Let's create the race war and 
get everyone to fight, you know, fight amongst each other. And they're just like sitting back and laughing over all of this. One of, one of the things that I've been um, paying attention to, at least on my, my personal social media account, is the, the amount of people that are cheering for the destruction of statues, uh, regardless if they're Confederate or not. And I'm okay with taking down symbols of oppression as long as it's done through the democratic process and conforms to community standards. Now, one of my friends hopped up on there and was cheering uh, this new Atlantic article saying how there are no Nazi monuments. But the same people that are cheering to take down these monuments are waving the hammer and sickle. And how many people have died or been enslaved or sent to work camps under that flag? And it's the hypocrisy and it's this instilled doublethink that has been going on for the past six years online where people are able to do one thing. They basically have become the hypocrites they once fought against, whether it's the banning of rap music because it could uh, undermine the youth or or uh, people going after iced tea and cop killer or they have become the religious right and their morals and ethics reign supreme. Uh, hypocrisy be damned. And it's very tough to talk to anybody about this and let them know, hey, you know what? You might be on the wrong side here. I understand the emotion, but you might be on the wrong side because it undermines the Constitution. You know, I want to talk about the statues just real quick, especially because the New York State right now is going to be taking down the Teddy Roosevelt statue in front of the Natural Museum of History. Uh, the original trust buster, the guy that reigned in the corporations, the guy that gave us a square deal, the guy that started the conservationist movement where he gave national parks to the people, the man that the teddy bear is named after because he refused to kill a bear that had already been beaten and tied up. He was my uh, AP social studies uh, favorite history uh, subject of all time. Forget about president. He's somebody that we should be looking upon with, wow, this guy was ahead of his generation. He had the first black man at dinner at the White House, Booker T. Washington. And then same breath. Cuomo's allowed to say we're not taking down the Columbus statue because of our Italian-American legacy in New York. Meanwhile, he was a conquistador on behalf of Spanish royalty. And I'm not here to weigh in and say we should tear everything down. But to me, it's completely hypocritical that you got a guy like Columbus that gets a pass because gangster-ass Cuomo says so, and you're going to take down one of the most influential and best figures, in my opinion, in American history, Teddy Roosevelt. The guy got shot and survived. He was the youngest mm -hmm. president ever to be elected at the time, 43, and he only lasted about 10 years out of office. Incredibly popular, did great things for this country, despite obstacles, and we are going to relegate him to the dustbin of history and try to declare him as a colonialist and evil. It is insane. Mean, meanwhile, yeah, a statue of Lenin stands strong in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Read the book, read the book River of Doubt um, about uh, uh, Roosevelt's trip down the Amazon. It basically, that trip killed all those guys eventually uh, because they all got so sick with malaria and a bunch of other stuff. It's a very, very, very interesting book. Just real quick, and then you have the statue of Baphomet that you know they, they erected not too long ago too. I forget what city it was in, but you know it's like no one's. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was DC. No, I think it's Michigan. I'm pretty sure it was okay. outside of Detroit. I didn't might. Did they pull down? Did they pull down Albert Pike the other day? They did, and you know I covered that because again, Albert Pike not a good guy, Confederate, KKK. But maybe 
you should be concerned about how he uh, wrote doctrines about Luciferianism <laughs> at the upper echelons of Masonry and how to really, you know, take over society through secret societies that he was a part of. I don't know. But again, I'd rather go through the democratic process and you take somebody like Pike. You don't you don't start burning him on national television. You take him down the right way. You put him in a museum and then you say, hey, these are some of the things this guy did. And this is why we moved him. And here it is in context. If you want to do it that way, for instance, Cecil Rhodes is now being taken down at Oxford. For those that don't know, Cecil Rhodes is like the godfather of modern day roundtable groups. In fact, G. Edward Griffin talks about him in my film, Invisible Empire. Well, they did that the right way. From 2015 on, there was a campaign to get him off. I wish it was beyond just him being a colonialist and again, working on behalf of banksters and the predator class to consolidate their power over generations through foundations and institutional governments that are purely bureaucratic. But hey, at least they did it the right way. Okay, mm. so let's take Cecil Rhodes. Let's talk about what the Rhodes Scholarship still means to this day. Pete Buttigieg, you know, he was a Rhodes Scholar. John Kerry, he's a Rhodes Scholar. Bill Clinton. What are Bill Clinton. really doing? Rachel Maddow. She's yep, hot. Another one. She's so hot. Damn straight. I'll tell you what, they take down that Gretzky statue in front of the Staples Center, though. <laughs> I think they should throw a dress on Oscar De La Hoya's, though. That maybe. That that might be high heels. A little white, a little white painted under the nostrils. A little bit. One thing I think we're running into is like it is kind of interesting about how our pop culture has belittled the need for fathers. And sometimes people have fathers in their lives and sometimes they don't. But I, I think we're seeing a generation that saw dads be kind of like demeaned and uh, kind of pushed into the corner. You have one side where due to very uh, uh, dark, dark drug laws, we, you know, we had the black family unit destroyed. But then on the other end, if you look at who, who's doing a lot of these pro protesting, we have a lot of rich kids whose dads were such psychopaths. They were never at home and they just were at time trying to make as much money and as power as possible, never raised their kids. So we have like both sides of the spectrum that didn't really have a really powerful father figure in their life. You know, it's like the, these people are getting raised by babysitters and maids and all these people. And they feel so guilty about their life of luxury. They've gone completely overboard with this kind of like, oh my God, I, uh, I got a feel for people because I feel really white guilt. I feel really bad about, you know, how easy, how lucky I am and how much I've been given. But what eventually happens, same thing with the hippies, is where eventually they just become, they grow up, they realize they can't pay the bills off of love and drugs and, you know, you know, and sex. So they become cutthroat crony capitalism and then they just end up screwing everybody they're trying to uh trying to protect it's just this weird and, and, and on the and life. on the darker side of that like yuri bisman has says they don't realize they're being used whether it's racial social class they're being used and when the powers that be are done with them i hope it's not this dark but they line you up against the fucking wall and they shoot you when they're done yeah and, and whether and again whether it's you know whether it's they had a great upbringing dad was there he was a halfway decent guy this level of entitlement with these kids and there's like the complete disconnect from morality reality they go around a lot of them are just going around creating fucking chaos and they were raised in this participation trophy consequence list society 
We're, you know, hey, you fucked up, ah, cool, here's a new phone. So they go out in the fucking world and they burn shit down. And when the cops start like, you know what, I'm fucking done with this. They have the nerve to scream like fucking bitches, you know, for every action was the equal and opposite reaction. But they, for some reason, think like, you know, we should just be able to do this and nobody should be able to say shit. And that's what's so frustrating with me right now. I think we've covered it. Not only are they doing it, the politicians and the media is just like, no, they're peaceful protesters. No, nah, it's all fucking good. You know, there's they're legitimizing this shit. And it's for me, it's just a huge inversion of fucking reality, man. For Seattle, for them to take over a town, take over a police station. What does that ever fucking happen? The irony of this is that they want to destroy statues and remove this stain of, of dark parts of history that they don't like. And yet what they don't realize is that if they understood history, they would they would what they would see coming is that, you know, they're always so concerned with everybody being a Nazi. Well, what did, what did the Nazis do? They had the brown shirts, which is basically Antifa, go out there and destroy everything. And when that was done, Hitler grew, as, he, as that was happening, a parallel organization, the SS was being grown. And then once they were ready, they sicked them on the brown shirts and wiped them all out. So these Antifa people that are so concerned with everybody being a Nazi and so in a hurry to remove <clears throat> history, if they only stopped to study it, they would see that they are being used and they are walking into a gigantic trap, but they don't. So let them, you know what I mean? Fuck them. Yeah. Night, of, night of the long knives, dude. Night of the long knives version two. Do you think not. you guys are going to centralize your police? You think I that's think what the defund thing's going to be? I think you guys are going to end up with a national police force. Uh, the no, UN that's or NATO. Exactly what it is, dude. That's the Hegelian dialectic, dude. Create the fucking problem to the, you know, things that you put or this, I mean, again, this is all part of the plan, the Bolshevik revolution type shit. Yeah, I'm whether it's federal that, forces, military, yeah. UN. I'm sorry, go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. I'm concerned that the blue helmets will come in as the solution to this problem. And if that's the solution, then we're in deep trouble. It's going to be bad. Yeah. Well, big problem. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Sam. Go ahead, Sam. No, I just want to say that you know, uh, you know, BLM is started by openly admitted Marxists. She, she's a black lesbian. She openly admits that she's a Marxist. Which I'm like, if you study communism. Even though Russia isn't communist anymore, it's, it was for a long time. I mean, you see how, like, when you take away guns from the population in a communist country, the, they do nobody gets marginalized quicker than women, ethnic minorities, and gays. And she's all those. And, like, she has no clue where uh, this notion that this thing works out perfectly for them, it's going to be better. It's like, you're just changing who's in power. To me, real capitalism gives everybody a shot. Not crony capitalism we have right now, but real capitalism. <clears throat> but it's yeah. like the notion of having a government and everybody owning everything is laughable. It's laughable. Egos, yes. alpha males, they all take over at some point. Well, yeah, I mean, that, and that's exactly, you know, why there's so much against capitalism, because socialism is, hey, I don't want to work. Give me money, basically. Right. And, and so, I mean, and I think that that's why, you know, when, when you're when you're against it, it's like, well, I mean, there's like a law in the, in the universe. It's like you work hard for something, you get what you deserve kind of thing, you know. And and I think there's different situations with, you know, some people can't actually are looking for a job and they can't work and whatever, you know, that's very different. 
But getting back to like kind of related to the brown shirts and everything, you know, that's exactly how Hitler rose to power was he was using the brown shirts for like secretly, you know, and then publicly saying, oh, we're going to we're going to attack the brown shirts. But he was the one building them up to begin with. And that's how he rose to power. And that's exactly what we're seeing with this. And, and this this worries me too and you know i um i watched a documentary on amazon that's really good called the first american truly about um george washington and really what kind of person he was and i kept thinking as i'm watching this i was like you know if all of the protesters or schools in general would show things like this our society would be very different um, but you know we're not really taught our true history and that that's goes along with the whole agenda that you know what we've been talking about is like you know whoever whoever is the victor you know right rewrites history destroys that history and you know what we're not really taught anything much in school at all so i think a lot of Damn. this plays into we're taught this how agenda, to about you know? orders. that's what we're taught Sam, if, if you don't, if you can, I know you're you're going for a jog, but <laughs> if you can mute yeah, your, your mic. mic. <laughs> hey guys, I got a I got a bust. Um, thank you guys for having me on. This is always a really really good time, and uh, I always love hearing your perspective. So hopefully we're gonna do this on a regular basis. Ricky, I'm down for it anytime. I really appreciate you putting us all together. So thanks again, guys. We'll see you on the flip. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, thanks, Jason. Thanks for being with us. Talk to you soon. Great job. And being in New York, I, I feel you, man. <laughs> that was awesome, dude. <laughs> oh, Later, sweet. brothers. See you, Jason. Yeah, We're struggling in New York, that's for sure. I think that, you know, one of the things that we also see is this, um, well, we've been seeing it over the last couple of years, is the university system turning into this sort of social, like Marxist sort of ideology. And what's fascinating about this, once again, you would think that the university system, which has, you know, one of the components is history, that they would understand what the history of these regimes are that grow up. Look at like in Cambodia with Pol Pot and killing fields and everything. What was the first thing they did? Murdered all of the intellectuals. And yet here are these universities pushing this sort of philosophy and safe spaces. And we're going to, we're going to give these people, we're going to give them the flexibility to talk about all these Marxist ideologies and blah, 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 blah. Like they don't even realize that like first order of business, all of them, <laughs> they have a gigantic target on them because what, what do they not want? They don't want people to ever talk about history. They don't want people to remember a time when things were different or well, have the education or be, have the mental horsepower to be <laughs> able to do something about it. So they're walking into this, this, this trap too, even with the university system is liberal. And I'm not liberal or conservative or whatever. I, I don't give a shit one way or the other, but, but the university system has gone full retard in the liberal sense. And they're, they're, long they're time. churning out these kids that have, no, you know, you're supposed to go there to get prepared for the real world by what? Sitting in your safe space? I mean, come on. I'm it, amazed, just real quick, Charlie, I'm amazed at so many of my artist friends. I have a degree in art. I went to art school. So many people that claim to be artists are so on board with censorship. It, it, it amazes me that they can't see a couple a couple years down the line to see how this winds up and, and how, like, you are censoring yourself right now and your potential to create something for the world. It's, it's mind-boggling to me. 
that's because they're censoring the other side of oh, the argument. I, I mean, if, they were, if, if, if it was a bunch of conservatives, you know, censoring, you know, like they did, uh, they put the parent advisory sticker on, on music, you know, I, I grew up listening to metal. I'm like, I'm like, that's, they're censoring music, you know? So it's like, then that's when the artists fight back. So it's, it's always okay when they're not censoring your side. I mean, but one thing I want to get into is, is that even though I think most of us, I think agree that they're definitely dividing and conquering and the people who are pushing a lot of these protests don't really give a shit about any specific issue. It's more about dividing and conquering, like I said, but it's not to say that there isn't, that some th that there isn't an issue there, and what I mean by that is, for example, like m I'm sure most of us also know the story of free Freeway Rick Ross. He ended up doing time for cocaine that the government helped bring in the CIA. You know, uh, Barry Seal, Meta, Arkansas, all that stuff. We you know we know that story. It also ended up creating uh, you know filling up the prisons right with with a lot of minority people who are doing crack you know and 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 doing drugs and then the time you're doing for uh for getting caught with crack was much different than if you got caught with co cocaine mostly because poor people did crack rich people did cocaine and uh and it didn't it did end up causing this issue with one parent households right you lock up all the minorities you know a lot of minorities uh you know these poor uh places a lot of these uh poor people they have single homes we we know statistically if you're raised by one parent the chances of you you know ending up in jail or whatnot is much higher uh so there is these well, again ricky that's 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 london bain johnson's that's the great society he's he was the beginning of that kind of that kind of welfare where they incentivize oh we'll give you some money to keep pumping up kids but dad can't be in the house and that's in the big late late 60s into the 70s and you're absolutely right what happens into the late 70s into the 80s we see heroin. We see, obviously, the end of a crack. We had Ricky Ross on talking the same thing. Yeah, this is all part of that social engineering. They're eugenics, man. They're eugenicists, brother. Yeah, so my, my, if you my, gobbled my, up 20,000 Nazis after World War II, you end up doing a bunch of Nazi shit a few yep, decades down the road. Totally. Precisely. Precisely. Yeah, I would so, argue you guys are running the same play you guys ran back in the 40s. You've just gotten better at it, so it's not going to take... If it ain't broke, don't break time. it, dude. You know what I mean? It, they're reading from the same playbook. Well, yeah, yeah, I think they wrote it. Well, yeah, that's why I said that's why I said earlier before we went on. Maybe the social engineering, behavioral sciences, whatever they know how to MK Ultra, not just individuals, but states, cities, countries, planets, dude. I mean, not to get into the whole mass thing, but it's it's really kind of insane what they've done and what they've normalized in such a short period of time because they know us so fucking well. And all we do with this technocracy is just keep feeding them more and more information. So they can get more digital algorithms on who we are, how to predict our, you know what I mean, predictive programming type shit. So, can can anyone comment on a personal level what it's like right now having a voice in this? Basically, we're living through like we've been talking about the war on consciousness for only maybe seven years, and and talking about things like nine eleven and all this, and we are living through this long extended, basically nine eleven type event, and we are all we all have a voice now. And it's, it's become really real to our community. Like, can anybody talk about how they're dealing with that on a personal level? Well, to piggyback on that, you guys answer this. I've asked myself, you guys have heard about the Mayan prophecy. It wasn't really the end of a of life as we know it. It was the end of an age, an astrological procession. We're supposedly moving from Pisces into Aquarius, or I think vice versa. And this brings about huge consciousness, paradigm shifts. And if you guys can speak to that as well as personally having to, you know, deal with this stuff. Dude, I think they turned on CERN and fucked us all up. Because <laughs> well, everything got weird after that. 
Well, and Tom couple. Hanks was the one who flipped the switch. <laughs> one is uh, I'm done talking about COVID on my show. Uh, I just think it's negative energy, and I think my listeners are like, okay, we understand. I think they want to hear something else. I do honestly believe there's an enlightenment coming, and I know that's maybe positive energy and hope porn or whatever, but you see it across all these different genres of whether it's philosophy, religion, beliefs, uh, conspiracies of a, uh, a new era of enlightenment, whether you, uh, I just think of whether it's Buddhism or, you know, uh, where one goes, we all go. I mean, you just see all these different groups talking about a time of enlightenment. And some people think it's not 2020, that it's actually 2012 and that, we are about to enter into the enlightenment in which the Mayans were talking about, that our calendar was per perfect, uh, purposefully messed up by, you know, most likely Jesuits, black nobility, or bisexual lizard people, okay? So it's always somebody who's messing with our stuff. But I do believe in my heart of hearts that we are entering a really magical time. I hear it over and over and over from people from all different walks of life, all different ways of believing, uh, ancient knowledge, uh, new people new to uh, the truth community. I hear it over and over again, and I really do believe it's going to happen. Well, for the record, bisexual lizard people don't exist. I've looked it up on Pornhub. I'm a woman. No, I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> and, if, and if we could find a way to maybe get into hollering at somebody in government to maybe change the name of a black nobility because... As a gentleman of color, I'm offended. And if there's a statue, it <laughs> probably has to come down. No, that's how secret they are. There is no statue. There's not even a rap group named Black Nobility. That's how secret it is. That's awesome. Well, I mean, is there anyone in this discussion that even remotely thinks that COVID isn't just cover for the financial collapse? I mean, let's be honest. Everybody that, that was following Banking stocks, global banking stocks. Jeff and I have been talking about it for well over a year on our show before this ever happened, that a collapse was coming. And, you know, that, that's the thing is, you know, for the people that, that haven't been paying attention, you know, I get called I get called names all the time, you know, oh, CTE suffer, you got hit, okay, Punchy, you know what you're talking about. I'm like, dude, it doesn't take a genius to follow global right. banking stocks and see that we were headed off a cliff Um in a short bus, you know, with a bunch of these retards that, that think that, that COVID uh, just magically appeared out of nowhere, out of a meat market in China. This is, it's insanity. I mean, uh, Deutsche Bank stock, I, I, I keep saying it until I'm blue in the face because that one scared the shit out of me first. You know, it dropped from 77 to $24 right before the collapse in 08 and then went back up into the 50s and then in 2018 dropped to like $6.80. And I'd never seen anything like it before in my life. And I went, oh, shit. Um, and then it dropped to 650 in 2019. That was the average price. And I'm like, this, this, it can't last. It can't last. It's just, it's not going to go any longer. Um, they, and, you know, I mean, all these people walking around, I just see human drones. Everyone around me, I just see them as human drones, just following orders, ignoring what, what is actually going on. And it's, it's so troubling um, that, that people actually have the audacity to make fun of me when I was the one following the bank stocks and screaming it from the top of the mountaintops, right? Well, now, Pat, I, sure. let me, 
I'll jump in here too, because in 2019 at Anarchapulco, my presentation talking about the coming collapse, uh, the first, the number one indicator I said was to watch Deutsche Bank stock. So you're not yeah, alone yeah. there. I yeah, was saying yeah. it is, it is the canary in the coal mine. Watch this. This is, this is, um, we're in a, a world where everything is interconnected, especially in the financial industry. Um, we were, you know, you can't just cut off one of these banks, one of these big banks and say, oh, well, we'll just let it die off uh, like we did in, in 2008 with, uh, with Lehman. So everything is connected. So if one goes, they all go down. And when the, when the first part of this COVID situation rolled out, it was so obvious to me that it was a cover for a, the impending financial collapse because, you know, the banks can get blamed for it in 2008 and they took it, you know, and they, you know, and, and they still spun it and got their money from, you know, from TARP and from the Fed and everybody. But if they, if they were responsible for the collapse two times in a row, two times within, you know, like basically a, a, a 10 year or 12 year period, yeah, the people were not going to tolerate that. So they couldn't, allow themselves to be uh, f found out to be responsible for this with their, you know, a, a quadrillion dollars of derivatives, uh, you know, unsustainable things like this. So what better uh, excuse than to put it on something that you can't really fault? You can say it was a natural disease that got out and, oh, everything was going to be fine with our economy if it hadn't been for this, you know, Scooby-Doo, like, oh, if it hadn't been for this blasted COVID, we would have been fine, you know, mm -hmm. so you pull the mask off and who's behind it? Well, the deep state's behind it. It's obvious. Well, and then you get into the existence of BlackRock, and many of us know about it. Many of us have talked about it, and that's all. That's the deepest state you can get. You know, Steve Munichin, being who he is, former Goldman Sachs, Skull and Bones, the vice president of BlackRock, is a uh, former World Bank head. Uh, I forget the guy's name off the top of my head, the president. I mean, it's all just super, super deep state. And they're probably, when people are talking about that, Trump took over the Fed. Like, no, I mean, they kind of took over our whole economic system with this you know, a different iteration of a kind of private financial institution. I mean, they own $7 trillion in assets throughout the world. So, I mean, yeah, nothing is ever as it seems, right? Right. Right. And, you know, um, kind of going, like, you, you, you well, I think, oh, one, I, I do think, the like, everything that we reported on and looked at, I mean, we, we had, like, 10 episodes on the virus, and that's, I'm with Sam. I'm like, dude, I'm so tired of talking about it. But, you know, it... it especially in China, it really is real what happened, but you know, it was, it was definitely utilized by the deep state over here. I don't, I, I'm not really as worried, you know, as like what happened with the situation in China, but I feel that coming soon, there could potentially be something that like the, the real outbreak, I should say, you know, I, I hate talking about it and I don't even like thinking about it, but you know, it's just like it's coming into the election of 2020 and everything. And it's just, it, you know, we just don't know what what is going to happen overall. But the interesting thing about, you know, we just did a uh, three episode series on prophecies. And my gosh, like everything that is going on this year has been written about in every single culture, religion that you can possibly think about, you know. And I, I completely 100 agree with Sam that I do feel we're actually in a state of awakening. There's going to be a mass awakening and a mass, mass like spiritual awakening. But I really, great awakening. The, sat, yeah, the great awakening, right? I mean, really. And I think that um, the downside is that we're going to have to go through 
a dark time. And I think, and we are going through it as, as the world is going through it. And I think everyone needs to, things are going to be displayed very clearly. I mean, from the outside looking in, you're going to be like, okay, it's very <coughs> obvious to tell what's going on. Right. I'm going to go over here, or whatever. And I think that everyone needs to make a choice about where they stand. And, you know, recently there was a guy that came out and said that we had the Mayan calendar wrong. And he said yeah. that, um, in, 289 years ago or something with the leap year, they get, they messed something up. And his calculations was actually the Mayan calendar ends on uh, June 21st, 2020, <laughs> which, which happened to be the same day as the, that crazy ring of fire eclipse that happened in like Israel and, 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 you know, the other side of the world. It, so, I mean, in 20 is a very important number to the Mayans, that was like their most important number. So actually it kind of makes sense. That's the sense. equinox of the solstice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the same day spring. as the sol. So that's why this falling on this day was actually, it actually kind of makes more sense. And, and I don't, I don't, I never even thought even with 2012, when it happened, I was like, this is not going to be the end of the world. We're actually going to go through a major change and it's up to us as a, as the people and as society and as the world to decide if we want that change to be a positive one or we want that to be a negative one. And I, I think that, you know, as things progress in a negative way, we're going to see more of the great awakening and the spiritual side coming into the more positive aspect. So I think people will naturally get more spiritual and feel more connected to this. Um, but if they're disconnected from that, they're going to feel the opposite. They're going to get more angry, more angry and more, you know, focused on the negative aspect. And so we're going to see a big division in society. And, you know, I think it's our, all of us here, reason why we're doing these things is to help these people understand the truth about really what's going on. And as like someone mentioned earlier, <clears throat> I forget who it was, sorry, they're saying, you know, they're not liberal, they're not conservative. And it's like, I look at the same so, thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like we're, we're just looking for the truth. And I, I don't even look at what's happening like in politics as politics. This is like, this is a culmination of, of like preserving America and preserving our culture and not letting the evil and the communism take over. And this is like the battle that is taking place. So, and I think there is a spiritual battle taking place too, uh, you know, whether you want to look at it as like Satan or the negative forces or the reptilian aspect of it, you know, and then you, you have the positive aspect. And so all of this is coming together. And I think for those who are truly aware, this is like a great gift to be alive right now at this time and helping people and helping humanity. And I feel like this is, this is why we are here. As a disclaimer, I don't profess to know the truth about anything or have a better opinion than anyone else on anything. Except many canning. I'm getting pretty good at that. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely just, I got to dip here in a minute, though. I got to have some dinner with the fam here. But I definitely feel there is a paradigm shift coming in. You know, you can't have the high without the low, the yin without the yang, however you want to say it. You know, it's always darkest before the dawn. And I think we are going to go to go through some pretty significant tribulation, if you will. And I'm not a religious guy, just whatever that word might have a religious connotation, but we're definitely going to see some some rough roads ahead. But I do believe coming out of that, and we've been saying this even before, whatever, 
as a part of all of this reset political social, there is a huge spiritual component to this. And I think a lot of us are going to become more spiritual if we're not already. We're going to become more self-sufficient. I just, I think, you know, overall, I think we're just going to be, become better at being human beings because we're seeing, a lot of us are seeing how, how huge this divide and conquer is. And, you know, we all fucking know, we have so much more in common than we do different. And, you know, a lot of this shit is just being weaponized and it's working on a lot of people, especially the young. You know, we were all full of piss and vinegar when we thought we were idealistic and thought we had a fucking clue. But whoever mentioned it earlier, you know, you get older and you just realize, you know, the pragmatic nature of life. But, you know, I I do believe this is a it's a great, great time to be alive, dude. It really is. I feel bad. Anybody who has kind of daughters or older daughters, my daughter's 12 and it's it's rough, man. Her not be able to hang out and see her friends, but she's going to be able to tell these stories down the line and tell her kids and grandkids, you know, how, how this shift happened and how she was a part of it. So, yeah. I thank you guys for doing this, man. Like, obviously, every Monday, if we can do this, that's great. I think we're going to try to... Guys, I got to jump as well. I got... My my last guest went too long, so I have to jump. I love this. The uh, You know, the union of the unwanted. To see everybody here, Edge of Wonder, Grimerica, all, the, all you guys. I love hearing from you guys and Dude, anytime I can make this, I'll jump on, and I'm sorry for my haircut. So I oh, no, just right. gonna say, we got to talk about the, your mohawk, man. I'm fucking jealous as hell. I fucking, right. I, I've never been happier. It's really weird. It's both awful hair, hair and envy awesome. over here. Are you in California? Uh, I love you guys. I'm going to hair for one on air. I love everybody on here. Thanks for letting me be a part of it. Later, Sam. Hey, thank you, Sam. Thanks, guys. I'm out too, Great job. Thanks, Pat. fellas. Are you in California, Jeffrey? No, I'm here in St. Louis still. St. In Missouri, then is that Missouri? That's St. Louis, state. brother. Until yeah. they until they rename it. St. Louis, Missouri. St. Missouri, I think. Um, yes, so you guys can't go to the playgrounds and shit yet. No, we're fairly open down here, actually. Are you? Um, I don't know. If you guys can see me. I don't know what the fuck I do with my phone. Yeah, it we're fairly closed. open, but I mean, as we're all as we're all hearing it, um, they're they're teasing re fucking shut down. So I'm I'm preparing myself for it, like most of us are. It's, you know, I think, I think the old, the earlier shit, you know, as much as they gauge metrics on us, our viewing habits, whatever, predictive programming and shit, this was a beta test, see who's pushing back, how they push back. So I mean, it's like everything else, they've kind of refined the science for the space too. So I don't want to be, whatever. It's, there's always a silver lining to this shit, but I definitely think it's, it's going to get a little gnarly because between the shutting of the businesses down, people losing their livelihood again, as they just try to open up, plus the COVID shit, plus the social unrest. And you know everybody being told they were fucking racist for whatever reason. It's it's a pressure cooker, right? So I just I don't know, man. I think the release of the pressure cooker is going to be a little ugly. I think it's God a pressure speed, cooker sir. by design. You know, I mean, I think that this yeah. is accidental that they're they're yeah. stirring us up and getting us all right. I mean, it, we see the hypocrisy. We see the uneven. Um, uh, enforcement of certain yeah. things, yeah. censorship, mask wearing, got to stay in your house, can't go to the park. You can protest, but you can't open your. Yeah. Bed. I mean, we see everyone goes, okay, I'm done with this. You know, at some point, everyone's yeah. just going to stand yeah. up and go, we're fucking done with it. And this might actually turn out to be the good thing that comes out of this, in addition to this potential spiritual awakening, is that we collectively rise up and go, okay, I don't know what is actually happening. But I know that those people in government that are telling me what's going on, they're all full of shit. I'm certain yes. of that. Everything else, maybe, maybe not. Because when you've got Fauci right. saying, don't wear a mask, it doesn't work, then, oh, you've got to wear a mask or else we're going to fine you. 
And what Burmis was just talking about, about how, you know, Cuomo saying that he's going to make it so that he wants to make it mandatory. The man, like, time out. Weren't we just having, didn't you just have your yeah. guy Fauci a couple months ago tell us don't wear the mask? So let's iron out these, these inconsistencies with the official numbers, the official stories, the rate of people are getting it, the number of people that are dying. There's no consistency here with any of this stuff. So, so why would they, why should we act surprised that society right. is frustrated by this? There's no, there's no, um, nobody knows, nobody knows the truth. So we're all sort of rising and then we're fighting again. You better put your mask on. And now the other people are saying the mask is bad for you. It's like, fuck you. You got to put it on. Cause Fauci yeah. said, well, but Fauci also said, you know, what are we doing? It reminds me, and then I, I got a dip, but this reminds me if you guys remember the Dr. Stu story about the sneeches. They all looked the same, but one had stars on their belly. The other ones didn't. And the ones without, they're like, get the fuck out of here. You can't come hang out with us. You don't have a star on your belly. And then this professor McMonkey McBean came in, had the star on off machine and had them all blow all their money. So the guys with, without stars went in there and got stars. And the people with stars were like, oh my God, let's take these stars off. And so at the end of the day, they all were fucking broke trying to be star and starless. And they realized like, you know what? We're all just fucking sneeches, dude. So hopefully we can kind of extrapolate some of that love and just realize, you know, we're all human beings. We all breathe the same air. We all cherish our children's future and we are all mortal. <laughs> it's an uncomfortable thing to kind of wake up to the fact that you've been unwittingly supporting a fascist regime for like a hundred years. You know, people just don't want to snap out of that. It's kind of like the, it's, it's, you know, it might take a, might take a little longer for people to shake that off. How about a jab in the arm? Will that shake it off? Well, that's, sort of, no that's sort of the same thing. I mean, the vaccine's another good thing where you get people that becomes, you become, you know, there's a certain factor of not wanting to think that you've had the wool pulled over your eyes on something that can be as serious or have as, as far-reaching implications as that. And I think that's sort of the same thing in the age of information when you wake up to the fact that your fucking government and not just the U.S. one, the Canadian government's complicit. Of the, you know, most of the Western governments yeah. have been marching towards this corporate fascist takeover of the fucking planet for a hundred years. And they say all the things and, you know, Black Lives Matter in the USA, I guess. They don't matter in fucking Libya where there's a slave trade and they don't matter in Yemen where U.S. and Canadian fucking bombs are blowing fucking kids up every day. They don't matter there. They just matter here where there's a political purpose so that you guys and us guys and everyone else can't fucking notice the fact that these fucking fascists are keep marching in the same direction. It doesn't matter if it's Trump or Obama or Bush or you fucking name it. Every fucking president for the last hundred fucking years is cut <laughs> from the same ilk and they can say this, that and the other and have you arguing about abortion and fucking everything else. But look at the policies and look at the globe and the same fucking thing is happening no matter which party's in charge. That is the definition of fucking, politics, yeah. that is the definition of original fascism. You're not going to find that definition in any of your fucking dictionaries today, but you know, we're there. We're fucking we probably, we probably there. have all said it or we've typed it or whatever. Or we've seen the meme. If these are to, to uh, lie to somebody to, to convince them that they've been lied to on about Mark Twain or some shit, but um, I appreciate you guys, Ricky. Thank you so much, man. Grammarica, all you guys love you, man. And um, yeah, just, let's just keep doing this. And let, I mean, honestly, I want to, I said this last time, let's keep the swap cast going. Everybody, let's try to link up. Let's get a swap cast. For America, we haven't talked in a while. Ricky, we'd love to get you on. And, you know, everybody. Charlie, it's, uh, Mr. Oh, Mr. Magic Mike, let's do this. Because I think that's how we all grow, as we talked about before, and just the ripple effect of every leveraging everybody's audience. So I appreciate you guys, man.
Yep. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Stay Thanks, safe. Jeff. All right, guys. Peace and love, guys. Yep. See you, Jeff. <laughs> now that he's gone, we can't talk about race anymore. That sucks. Well, I'm, a, I'm a status Indian, so we're okay. <laughs> I'm a oh, registered Indian, so we're that, good. that was actually Jeff laughing. I think. Yeah, we're <laughs> yeah he was still there. <laughs> I was trying. I'm trying to turn this shit up. All right, see you later. <laughs> I think we, maybe it, we should. You want? You guys want to wind down the show? You want to go? You guys go for a little longer? Up. Yeah, no, we should wind it down. I yeah, don't meet my yeah, kids. Yeah, I should at probably get going too. So. <laughs> Did you say you left your kids at the park or you're meeting them? No, I'm going to go meet them at the park. <laughs> oh. <laughs> are they your kids or are they other people's kids? You're not meeting other people's kids. My kids, kids the and they're park, old right? enough to be at the park by themselves. Okay, <laughs> Stop <laughs> judging. Funny. Well, thank you, Ben. Thank you, Grand America. I really appreciate you guys uh, coming on and hanging out. We didn't even get the Project Blue Beam or UFOs, uh, a subject that could bring oh. everyone together. Maybe next time we'll talk about that. That might be the only out for Trump and, and the, the alliance. That's got to be the thing. Yeah. What's free energy? Oh. Is Trump part of the alliance? Well, you know, with the free energy, I, I started realizing it. I think they have to do it very systematically because, you know, so many of our cities in America depend on oil yep. and you know, if, if all of a sudden we brought in free energy, it would destroy so many cities in America and make a lot of people poor. Yeah. So I think the key aspect is first we need to like bring down the deep state. Once Trump has complete control, then I think that's what the Space Force, I, I believe, will, will 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 do. They'll bring Ooh, is in this all these... cult stuff? Is this part of the cult we were talking Space about? Space Force. Space Force. <laughs> Well, he better hurry up because it's he's running out of time. Yeah, it's he is running out of time. We got like a few yeah. months left, yeah. right? So. I'm telling you guys, man, Trump was just a giant smoke screen. screen. He was exactly. We'll see. It's, he was exactly what the fucking the exactly what the recipe required for to for the Maybe. age of where we're at to we'll, keep us all distracted. I mean, we'll see. Who knows what's next? We'll see. It's not over yet. All right. Well, still got, it, I'm still on the hopium. So. It's never well, going to be over. It's never going to be. I think with the arrests and everything too, you know, the problem is all the judges are paid off, right? Let's say they do the make mass arrests, bring people on trial. The judges are paid off. They're like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, I mean, that's what happened when they brought in all like Hillary Clinton and Comey and everybody. It was like everybody was being paid off. So everyone got off. So they need to have the military tribunals. And for that to happen, they they really, you know, and I think, I think that's going to happen, but I think the uh, it's the people. It's really about the people. If they start, if they bring down Obama right now during the middle of all of this, people are going to lose their minds and riot even more. Yeah. yeah. So I think You're right. it's really about timing. You know. Yeah. Well, I think, I think a lot it's of about the- distracting us so that they can keep doing fascist things. Mission <laughs> accomplished. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and, and I think the three months of lockdown only, I mean, people just got, once they had a reason to leave the house and protest, I feel like it only helped the situation, right? I mean, there, uh, it, it was a lot of just built up energy and then they just needed to take it out somewhere. And it's just, it is unfortunate that they're kind of being used for other reasons. And, and, and many of these people probably have real sincere concerns about, you know, police brutality or whatnot. So, uh, and it's not to take away from that because, again, like there are obviously other people influencing what's going on. How come I always end up going on rants when uh, Mike puts on the music? At the end? Uh, <laughs> I feel like I- you're the closer. Yeah, you're closing it down, Ricky. 
I feel like I'm at the what is the Oscars with the music playing? Like, shut the fuck up, get off stage. We're playing you off. Have sex with those dudes. You look good. (laughs) But uh, yeah, hopefully we're planning on doing this every other Monday. Uh, Feel free to show up anytime you want. I'll keep you guys in the loop and uh, you know show up for a little bit. And I think the other thing too is as everybody kind of gets to know each other and we get more comfortable. I think I've seen it a lot with like Mike Charles and uh, and and Sam and I. Uh, you become much more open to kind of be yourself, be silly, you know, not take the conversations as serious. So I think as these things go, it'll actually be more fun, you know, as people get comfortable with one another or whatnot. That's what the nice thing about having Sam on is that you can always count on him to, you know, ruin a serious topic by saying something silly. I shouldn't say ruin it by, you know, spi- spicing up the, the conversation. Yeah. You break, yeah. yeah. yeah breaks the pace yes yes which is nice i think sometimes when you talk about this stuff it can get a little depressing it's nice to have a, a comedian who says a dick joke from time to time and ruins everybody's name and uh which oh, is yeah. always fun you know <laughs> well when i had him on my show i made sure to butcher his name when i introduced him <laughs> that was hilarious <laughs> i remember when you did that you said his name wrong when you Sam him like, <laughs> <laughs> all right is that how you appreciate- say it he just laughed he's like you're fine yeah, no we I really appreciate it coming we- to me yeah, we really appreciate what you guys are doing. It's awesome. And uh, awesome. yeah, we'll, we'll be back for sure. Good all to right. see you guys in Canada. Yeah. Ben, nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah it's nice to yeah. meet all you guys. Yeah, you Thanks too, so much. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate on. it. Later. I think Rob's going to come on next time. So, Mike, Mike Darren wants to talk about Mastodon at some point. We didn't really have time to talk about it. So, uh, well, I'm already building it. We're, we're going to build one. So, we'll you, you got a server this. going? Yeah. yeah, we've got a few servers. We're just starting to build stuff on them. So yeah, maybe we should connect about that at some point. Yeah, I, I'm I'm dr- documenting all my scripts and all my programming, and we'll have to hook it into. Like Mastodon is a great option for a private social media platform. So yeah, we should definitely talk about that and make sure we're not like duplicating each other's work because there's no sense yeah. in doing that. Yeah, exactly. Right on, guys. All right, all I right, will send thanks. out links to everyone for with MP3s, MP4s, and all that stuff. So thank you, everyone. Really appreciate. Thanks, it. guys. Take care. Right. Speed. The shampoo. Excuse me. Look at that guy. What is all this stuff? What the hell is this? That's what I do. Woo! Hand out the tundons.